On this episode of Disability Stage Right, we interviewed two people together, but kind of separately, 10-year-old actor Isaac Vint and his mother Trish Cooper. We have split the episode into two parts, and this is part one, in which we interview Isaac. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Disability Stage Right, everybody. Hey, Miles. Hey, Stephanie. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm really excited to welcome today's guests, Trish Cooper and Isaac Vint. Welcome to Disability Stage Right, Isaac and Trish. Thank you for having us. You are very welcome. So, Isaac, um, why don't we start with, since this is uh, audio only, why don't we start with you however you feel best um, to do so, describing yourself in terms of what you look like and those sorts of things. Well, uh, I have red hair. Um, I'm white with many freckles on my face. 10 years old. Oh, I have spina bifida is my disability. Okay. Do you want to maybe, sorry, tell us a little bit about that and, how it affects you and how how you move through life and those sorts of things? So basically, um, I have like a scar on my spine from birth and I, it, I guess I can't, I can't walk is basically the thing. And I've had a wheelchair since I was about four. And uh, that's how I get around with a wheelchair and stuff like that. So as you know, this is a podcast about theater and uh, disability and uh, putting people with disabilities on stage. Um, Would you, before we get into theater, would you like to tell us anything about yourself? Because I know that you do a lot of things besides acting, although I also know you're a really good actor. Uh, (laughs) Would you like to tell us um, what kinds of things do you like to do? Um, I like to play video games, watch TV, play sports a lot. Many, many, many sports. <laughs> There's, in fact, a documentary about you playing a sport, isn't there? That is accurate, yes. That's awesome. Can you it's tell us about tournament. it? Uh, it's called The Tournament. It was actually directed by my dad. And uh, this... My mom right here actually came up with the idea. We were driving home from like our first ever tournament when I was four. uh, And she said that my dad should make a documentary about this. And then two years ago, he did. So what kind of tournament was it? A chess tournament? A badminton tournament? (laughs) Uh, We, I do sledge hockey, which is basically just hockey, but it's, uh, we, it's basically in this like sled type thing. There's blades on the bottom and we have two sticks two kind of mini sticks with picks on them and that's how we propel ourselves it's fully contact and with your arms super neat and anybody can check that documentary out on uh the nfb website i think it's a national film board of canada documentary right yep that's right uh yeah my my mom has been an actor for years decades basically because she's old and my dad has been a director for a while he directs he does all these things 
for um, a lot of different places. And my sister, she's basically just a born actor. She's going to live in New York one day, do Broadway and all of that. She's super. So how about you? How did you get into acting? Um, I took a few acting classes, but like my first real thing was Christmas Carol at um, MTC. Uh, and I was about seven, I think. Uh, they had done the show previously, I believe, in 2009, and then they bring it back in 2017. I auditioned for the role of Tiny Tim and uh, got it miraculously. <laughs> um, and we did a lot of shows, and it was very fun. Awesome. And did you uh, so just play Tiny Tim? No, I played, uh, I, I originally um, just auditioned for Tiny Tim, and then I found out later I played like four roles, and I got so confused, but I played, wow. uh, I played this boy in debt, um, basically, where it's basically one scene, and these people get tortured because they're in debt, because it's back in the olden times, and... And then I played um, Boy Scrooge when he's in boarding school and his sister comes to pick him up. <laughs> and then I played, um, obviously, Tiny Tim. I feel like I played someone else. I think maybe a character named Ebenezer, uh, one of Belle's children. Yeah, yes. Yes, that's correct. And I, that's, that's the roles I played. And then I had like, a song as Ebenezer, yeah. So you told us uh, before that you, Isaac, move around using a wheelchair a lot of the time. How did all your different characters, did all of them use wheelchairs? Or did any of them use wheelchairs? Um, well, Tiny Tim did because he's this sick child. But none of them did. So basically for um, Ebenezer, I kind of just sat on a bench the entire time <laughs> during the scene. And then as Boy Scrooge, I sat at this like little desk uh, without my wheelchair. So I could do that easily. And then as Boy in Debt, I was in this little wagon, <laughs> just this wagon and somebody like pushed me in it. Um, the other two characters, uh, my mom and dad played by uh, Carson Natris and Andrea Del Campo, they're awesome. They, they, um, I believe one of them was pushing the wagon, and then I was just in a wagon. Carson carried me. Cool. Yeah, Carson carried me. And do you remember uh, for when you played Ebenezer and you sat on the bench? Do you remember how you got onto stage for that one? You you came on in a big group with your brothers and sisters, and they were you were all having fun. Yeah. Um, so I believe there. I kind of just like I either crawled on stage from like backdrop or I believe there was like a turntable. I think did you did you do a wheelbarrow walk? What I'm remembering is you came on yeah like you were pretending to be a train or something and one of your big sisters was holding your legs and you were wheelbarrow walking on your arms. That's right yeah they came up with that because I, originally I believe I was just going to crawl on stage and then they did that. Mm -hmm. Um, Isaac, I'm curious. When I did Kill Me Now a few years ago, I, I used a wheelchair on, in the show as well. And I wonder, how did you find, um, <clears throat> excuse me, how did you find the, uh, 
the grownups that you work with in terms of their readiness to support you in using the things that you mentioned, like the wagon and those kinds of things, were they were they really excited to help and and um, help solve some of those challenges that you may have encountered through the show? Um. Yeah. Well, before I got to MTST, there wasn't like it wasn't very accessible. Like even like before all that uh, and after, I but there's like one elevator. And then the way I got to the rehearsal room was just like another like kind of old elevator that just um, kind of one of the stage managers would actually pick me up and like, uh, I believe one of them picked me up and like rang me to a scene at one point, but they care they would meet us and carry you downstairs. Yeah, they would meet they would meet us and carry me downstairs and stuff. And then another one of our crew members got me like a old wheelchair for like hospital and they would like push me down this ramp and and then I would get to my dressing room with that. Okay. So so they would leave you would leave your personal wheelchair upstairs when it came time to do the shows. Yeah. I didn't think it was very necessary though to push me in the hospital thing. I, I, I think I could have just gotten uh, down in my normal wheelchair, but they just kind of did that. Right. They figured out a way to use, uh, they figured out a way with an elevator, right? That you could get downstairs with your regular wheelchair? Yeah. There was like this kind of old wheelchair, I mean, old, uh, uh, elevator that they had to get me to like the rehearsal room if that's what you're talking about but not to the dressing room yeah but not to the dressing room they didn't have any things like that or so like, I think for people who haven't been in this theater before I'm gonna try to describe a little bit what it's like and you tell me how right or wrong this sounds <laughs> so at royal manitoba theater center there is uh the, the way that actors usually get to the rehearsal hall is to go in the stage door and you go up a flight of stairs of concrete stairs and then down a hallway and you're in the rehearsal room and the way you get to the stage is you go in the same door and you go down a flight of stairs and you are right at the stage at the the door to the green room um there's no elevator right there there is an elevator in the lobby that you can use to get up to the second floor where you would uh, watch the show from the balcony and there's a doorway into the office area and you can go down that hallway through all the offices and then uh, turn left and that's where those stairs I described before come up and then you go down the hallway and you're in the rehearsal hall and what right so that's how you get to to the rehearsal hall right by using that elevator and going through the offices does that sound right it was exhausting because that's accurate and then once you're in the rehearsal hall so this is at the at the back of the of the theater building there is a what we call a freight elevator that's usually used for moving like big set pieces and lumber and stuff like that and when you talk about the old elevator that i am guessing is the one you're talking about yeah yeah and it's a it's a big old freight elevator and it can take you down to the stage level but then you have to go through the carpentry shop um where sometimes people are building things and using saws and stuff that might make them nervous to have actors walking through that area does that sound about right 
Dang, you nailed that. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't even remember half of that. Like when you were going through that, I was just like, oh yeah, but. Same yeah. here, same here. Cause I, I had to go on a similar journey for parts of our rehearsals for Kill Me Now. And I, and I remember bits and pieces, but yeah, as you were going through it, I'm like, oh yeah, there was that. <laughs> I was like, that sounds familiar, yeah. 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 So you mentioned before that it was exhausting to get into rehearsal because it was like a really super long trick. Mm -hmm. What uh, do you, oh, go ahead. No, you, I, I just, go I ahead. was going to say, what do you think that uh, could be done better in that building? Um, I think they could have had like a lot more ramps and just like better, like kind of nooks and crannies and things like that. But and way more elevators. They didn't really have any. And in the one where they took me to like rehearsals, I thought I was gonna die because it was so old and creepy. The freight elevator. Yeah. Um, and um, did now, so that was one experience. And you also, have you taken theater classes at different theaters in town? Uh, yeah, I took one, I believe, at PTE, and I take uh, a theater class at um, Rainbow Stage, and then one at uh, Dance Academy, you're, like, uh, kind of, like, much away from my house. I'm not really sure. Called Theater Dance Center. Yeah, Theater Dance Center. So how uh, are those buildings for getting in with your wheelchair? Um, well, PTE was great because it's like a mall they have <laughs> downstairs. They have, um, basically they had this elevator where you would go up and then you would go into like the lobby where, where you would wait for the theater class. And then there's like a door there and then you would go in and there would be like a stairwell, but there would also be an elevator right there. So you would go up the elevator, go through a hall to the lobby of the theater class, and then you would go into the theater class. And that is exactly the same route that somebody who doesn't use a wheelchair would take. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how about Rainbow Stage? Rainbow Stage, they were um, pretty, pretty okay because it's kind of just like, one kind of huge building but I do remember that I took like a like a summer camp week week there and basically what they did they they didn't have an elevator so they just so they got somebody to like one of the camp counselors to carry my wheelchair while I just went upstairs and that was just the whole week so for those of uh, people listening to our podcast who have never met you, um, and when you say go upstairs, can you describe how it is you can go up and down stairs without your wheelchair? Um, well, basically I go, I, when I go downstairs, I scare so many people because I go head first. Um, head, it's terrifying. It yeah, terrifying. terrifies many people where I go head first and kind of just go down the stairs extremely fast. And then when I go upstairs, it's basically like I'm climbing like Mount Everest or something. And you sort of commando crawl on your on your elbows or your arms. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so how 
do you feel you've described a couple of times where you've been carried as a solution to get you up or down stairs instead of using an elevator. How do you feel about that? Um, when it's like somebody I don't really know, it's kind of weird, but when it's like my dad or my mom, I feel pretty, pretty okay about it, but I would like to use my wheelchair a lot more because sometimes when I'm like, when they carry me down and they haven't put the wheelchair up, then they just kind of plop me on the ground and then I'm kind of just sitting there for like a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You described too where um, sometimes there is an elevator you could use, but it maybe is faster for everybody if they carry you instead. So you end up being carried. Mm -hmm. what, what do you have to say about that? How do you feel about that? Well, it's kind of weird for me when like they have like an elevator, but like it's like super old and it's probably not safe to go in there. And I'm like, well, why can't I just go in there for one ride? And then when I and then when I do go in there and they're okay with that, I I think I'm gonna die because it's so terrifying. So neither outcome is good. <laughs> I can I can I can relate to that so much. <laughs> There's no solution. No. So how does it feel? Um, can you describe the, the difference for me of when you, uh, so, so safety aside and, you know, this, because um, the, the, the elevator actually, I believe, was tested and is safe for taking thousands of pounds of people and equipment. But I get what you mean. It feels like something in a scary movie. Uh, so that aside, why is it important to you? What's the difference in the feeling of being in charge of your own body, being able to, to get to where you're going in your wheelchair, as opposed to being carried or maybe being asked to go down the stairs in that headfirst way? Well, I feel like when they're making me go upstairs without my wheelchair, I'm okay with it, but it feels like they're taking away my ability to do something. And when, like, I just have to go into my wheelchair, like, I feel okay, like, about it. Um, but when I'm, when I'm not in my wheelchair, it's pretty hard because I have to just go up this, go up the stairs, and if it's like three levels, then I'm just exhausted at the end. Hey, Ma Miles and Stephanie and Isaac, it's Angela, your friendly technical producer, popping in. I'm so excited that you're here, Isaac, and I'm loving this conversation. Um, something that's interesting to me is that we've heard from the adults um, also that, that sometimes it's just exhausting having to do this extra work on top of the work that you're hired to do. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, the reason I popped in is I have a question for you. Um, one of the things I do is I teach theater to, to young people. And a lot of times uh, the young people that I'm working with um, compare themselves to the people that they see on screen and the people that they see on stage. And because you've done so much already in your life, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what it's like for you to, to see someone uh, with a disability on stage, how that makes you feel. And also talk about 
maybe if you realize that that other young people saw you on stage and thought, wow, I can do this too. Could you talk a little bit about seeing yourself on stage? Um, it's pretty awesome for me because like, I didn't think that like I could like, like sometimes I, I was just like, like even if I am okay at acting, like I couldn't get on a stage or something like that. But I do really like to see like a lot of people with wheelchairs do like acting and see how like, like if it's like a high school play, I always enjoy to see how like the director, like the school teacher kind of has to like elaborate their disability into like the play or something like, like he just broke his leg. So he has to be in a wheelchair or something like that. I like, I kind of like, like the excuses to, to see if it's like, an, it's if it's like supposed to be something with like someone with like a standing up rule, but like they're in a wheelchair. I like how directors can do that sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. If you could write a play and in it put wheelchair users, what would that play be about? Well, I've actually technically already done that in um, this cabaret for disabled people called, um, called Lame Is. Unfortunately, I did it last year, but I couldn't do it this year because it was about sex and that's not okay. <laughs> But um, the theme of the cabaret was about sex, so they did not invite the nine and ten year olds back. No, I didn't understand that. No, I, <laughs> I did have an idea. Like your comedic timing is superb, sir. I, I, I. But when I did it, it was super fun because me and another friend of mine, who I play a lot of sports with, my friend um, Teo, he he's not an actor really, but we did this thing with uh, my sister and another actor named Isla Gordon, who they're both awesome. And uh, we basically did like, me and Teo, my friend can really relate to like how people are like, uh, like staring at you. So basically we kind of just like flip the universes and basically like, we just like stare at them and like, and we're like, hey, it's nothing against you. My cousin has legs, like stuff like that. Nice, nice, I'm into that, it. Yeah, that was basically the sketch, and it was, I loved it. I, like, I really, really loved it because it felt awesome. It's awesome. It was very funny. I saw that cabaret, and it was indeed awesome. Can you talk a little bit about um, what kinds of parts you'd like to see for kids with disabilities or that you'd like to play? What do you think about how kids with disabilities are, are shown in movies or TV or on in, in plays? Well, I, I sometimes like, like how like there's like one character in a wheelchair who's kind of just like, you can't stop him and he's super awesome. I don't like how like some, some characters you're supposed to feel bad for because like people in wheelchairs can be Trump supporters. People in wheelchairs can be bad people or terrorists. It's possible. <laughs> You never know. You went to the, so on your form beforehand, you said people with, in wheelchairs can, uh, who use wheelchairs can be jerks. Um, I like how you, you just went all the way there. Do you live yeah. in a family of comedians? Yeah, a bit. 
I'm the star of them, you know, because because nice. I'm disabled. So people, so, nice. them, but. so what do you think about um, people who use a wheelchair playing parts that were written for somebody who doesn't use a wheelchair? Sometimes, like, I always enjoy how it's, they just kind of like, blow by it they don't even mention like oh this person broke their leg or something like that they just kind of blow by it they're just like yeah this person's in a wheelchair deal with it they're a superhero blah 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 yeah so you like that because because it doesn't always have to be about being in the wheelchair mm -hmm. like there are people who are moms and teachers and kids and actors and hockey players who just happen to use wheelchairs mm -hmm. and they're just kind of awesome and nobody even cares or, or possibly terrorists yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, talking to some of the grown-ups we've been talking to, uh, one of the questions we ask sometimes is, "What? How do you like to be referred to in re in regards to your uh, disability or the fact you use a wheelchair?" Like uh, Miles, for instance, might describe himself as a filmmaker with a disability or with cerebral palsy. Other people might describe themselves as a disabled filmmaker or a disabled actor. They like to use that word first. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I usually just say an actor, honestly. I don't really, I just kind of blow back past that fact. But I, I know that I really hate the term handicap. Like I kind of heard about it and I just don't like it. Just doesn't seem good. Yeah. Can you tell us more about about that term and, and why it doesn't feel good? Um, I've never really just understood it. Like, it's a parking space. Like, but it's just an annoying term. And it makes you feel like limited, basically. What are other are there other things that people say or do or just uh objects that exist in the world that make you feel limited? Um, you know, when I'm trying to just like enjoy myself with a friend or something and people are staring at me uh, or staring or like pointing, doesn't really feel good. Yeah. I feel like I just don't want to go into public or like kind of just want to hide or something. That's why I always say, uh, like, when my parents are trying to get me out in the open, I'm just like, Mom, Dad, I hate children. That's what I always say, because children are mean. So I remember one time we were in, like, Orlando, and we were sick of people staring at me because we were having fun in Universal. So my sister made a sign that said, you're staring. <laughs> And w one, like, weird lady just started staring at me, and my sister just, like, held up the sign, and you could see the lady just go, like. Oh, no. That's. <laughs> it, it was it was so funny. She, she, my sister always just, like, does that. Like, when somebody's staring, she'll just, like, call them out immediately or something like that. She always does that. Hilarious. It's nice to have other people to do that. It must get pretty exhausting, not only physically yeah. exhausting, getting upstairs, but emotionally and mentally exhausting to be stared at and stuff all the time. Yeah, all my friends can like relate to that. Like when we go into like a crowd of people like together, we're always just like, okay, here comes the eyes. Just like, 
anytime. It, it just always happens. It sucks. But it's always best to, like, not concentrate on it. But um, one time, like, I just kind of didn't concentrate on it. And my dad was like, no, you shouldn't do that. And I was on a field trip. This kid was staring at me. I waved at him. And uh, he looked shocked. And my sister was like, was he like, it's alive. It's the new era. I thought they were extinct. Miles, uh, what are your experiences or what are your thoughts listening to Isaac talk about these experiences? They're just like, that's essentially been or that was rather my childhood in a nutshell. I, I, I was not nearly as confident as, as you are um, when I was a kid about those kinds of things. I wish I had been. I had my moments. Like for instance, I was on the bus one day with my mother and this, this dude saw us and kept moving. He moved so far toward the edge of the, the bench that if he'd moved any further, he would have fallen off the uh, bench. Cause he was like, he saw me um, in the old, the, uh, the McLaren style strollers that they used to use. I don't know if those are still a thing, but. Um, they are, there's other brands now, but they are. So these are big oversized strollers for uh, older kids and adults. Um, yeah. The people can push you in, but you can't move yourself. And like super, super heavy duty harnesses if need be as well. Um, and so. Yeah, I just looked at the guy and said, I don't like you. And he got up and got off the bus. I was like four at the time, I think four or five. This is amazing. And generally these days, I'm a lot more um, tame when it comes to dealing with people staring at me. It, it, I, I I agree, it, it, it sucks and it's, it's not... Um, it's not great. It's not a thing that should be happening, but it, you know, it's just something that I've dealt with. Sometimes I'll get mouthy, sometimes I won't. Usually I won't because I don't feel like it. If you could say something to those people uh, that stare at you and who you don't want to talk to, because, you know, who needs the eyes when you're just trying to have fun with your friends. But if people were listening right now who are thinking to themselves, oh my goodness, that's me. I stare at people even when I don't mean to. Uh, what would you say to them to encourage them to not do that? Or what would you encourage them to do? Um, obviously sometimes like they just like, they're thinking about something and they're kind of just like, they're not really concentrating on what they're looking at. Obviously that can happen, but uh if you do stare, no, I can see you. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think we are, we, uh, we, we've been talking for a while. Uh, you are a good talker. Um, are, is there other things that you were hoping we'd talk about or that you would like to say in regards to theater? Or um, life. Disability, yeah. accessibility, opportunities. Um, I know a lot of people who just like kind of don't mind the staring or like just like kind of just like on social media and stuff just like don't really talk about the fact that they are they have disabilities or anything. I don't like that. <laughs> so on social media one time I remember I we made a joke like the night before 
that um I was the Crypt King. And like my sister, my sister like commented on this person who had like a reality show that had um CP cerebral palsy. Uh, um my my brother calls him the calls himself the Crypt King. Um, and we all love that. And the person like replied, and they're like super big. They have like a reality show and all that. And they replied to my sister, saying, "I've always thought I was the Crypt King too." And that was awesome. And like, nice. everything about that is so cool in social media. That sounds super awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, Isaac, on, on a related note, I'm curious what you would say to other disabled kids who are might who might see a show that, that you've done or, or see something on television or in the movies or whatever and think, man, I wonder if I can do that. What would you say to somebody? with a disability who's considering the idea of pursuing a life in performance, but might be scared because they're afraid of the challenges that they, they might encounter. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Challenges don't matter. Do it, 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 do it. Nice. And like there can still be, it's always just one person with a disability who is an actor who just decides to be an actor still it's just one step forward every time awesome well put yeah isaac thank you so much for coming on disability stage right thanks for having me you are our youngest guest so far it's been a yep. delight it's I've been a blast, blast.